Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. Dr. Uday here. I have a major treat for you guys today. We're going to be talking about infertility, and I have a special guest here today. So before we get into that, I will introduce myself. I am Dr. Uday. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I own a primary care and aesthetic practice, and my goal is not only to have my patients feeling good, but looking good as well. So we're going to get right into it. I have Dr. Uh, Carolina Sualdo here with us today. Thank you so much. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Uday. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. So I'm going to give you guys some information about Dr. Sualdo. She is a double double board certified fertility specialist. Say that like three times quickly. (laughs) Who is about empowering women through education about fertility. And she's actually um, been speaking nationally and internationally on uh, in throughout Latin America, and she's here with us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Sueldo. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So to get us started, um, what would you say the causes of um, infertility would be? Sure. So when we break down the causes of infertility, first we look at female versus male factor. And what we find is that they're very equal. So I typically will break it down about 30% are female factor, 30% are male factor related, 20% of the time something in both partners. And then actually about 20% of the time we find a negative evaluation. That's what we call unexplained infertility. So um, we have female, male, 20% both, 20% unexplained. Um, That can sometimes be the most frustrating diagnosis, but typically has the best prognosis. Now, when you break that down further, so let's go now into the females and let's say, okay, within female infertility, what are the most common causes? And so what we know or how I educate women is that age is always going to be the number one predictor when it comes to success with fertility treatment. So unfortunately, women do have a very real biological clock that magic number for us is typically 35. So under the age of 35, we tend to see that the number of eggs we're working with and the quality of the eggs that we're working with tend to be good. Over the age of 35, we do begin to see a decline in fertility. And that decline is slow and progressive between age 35 and 40, and much, much more dramatic after age 40. So age is always going to be the number one most important thing I want to know about a female patient. Now, other things I'm going to want to know, are her cycles regular? So we know that irregular cycles, or what that really means is the lack of regular ovulation, that's actually the most common cause for female infertility in reproductive age women. We also know, excuse me, we also know that the fallopian tubes can be affected. So particularly if the patient has a history of STDs in the past, If she has a history of previous surgeries that may have caused scar tissue and damage to the fallopian tubes. So we always want to make sure that we're assessing those fallopian tubes for blockage. And then we're looking at the uterus. Um, Are there 
you know, structural issues such as fibroids that may be impeding fertility. Um, we know that fibroids are little balls of muscle. They grow within the uterus and they're very common, up to 50% of reproductive age women, even more common in certain ethnicities. So really important to assess the uterus. So uterus tubes and ovaries. Now, if we're switching gears, we start talking about the guys. We know that men can also suffer from infertility. In fact, we just said 30% of the time it's male factor alone, 20% of the time it's both male and female. So a semen analysis should always be considered a basic part of the evaluation. When you're talking about a semen analysis, some of the things that we're looking at is the amount of sperm present. We're looking at how that sperm is moving and how that sperm is shaped. So I would say that when you break down the causes of infertility, first you want to distinguish male or female factor, and then within the female factor, looking at those different things. So when we talk about, for example, let's say somebody's not trying to get pregnant, she's 22, finishing up college, maybe thinking about furthering her education, but her, she has regular periods, but they're extremely painful. So what I always tell people is painful periods are not normal especially if they're debilitating where you're calling out of work, you know, have to, having to miss class, those are definitely not normal and need to be addressed. And just like painful periods are not normal, skipping periods is also not normal. So even if you're not trying to get pregnant, in that type of scenario, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting evaluated for those two reasons and managing them actively or proactively because that may further impact fertility in the future. That is awesome information. So I'm curious, um, how, how, for the patients that you do see, how much time does it take for them to get to see you? Like how long have they been dealing with symptoms and what complaints? Are yeah. yeah. So for most patients, um, they've been trying for at least a year by the time they get to me. And I think that's sort of based on, um, you know, fairly popular knowledge. If you are under the age of 35, you have regular cycles, you know, no, no major risk factors, then we encourage timed intercourse at home, ideally using an ovulation predictor kit. Um, and textbooks will say that if you've been trying actively for a year and nothing has happened, then it's time to get evaluated. So most people have been trying for over a year. I will say some of the things we talked about before, if you're over the age of 35, that's timeline now becomes six months. If you have irregular cycles or if you have known risk factors for possible infertility, you definitely don't want to wait those six to 12 months. You definitely want to be um, evaluated sooner than that. Yeah. Now, one problem we're dealing with across the United States is access to care. This is actually an actively ongoing discussion within our field because there's simply not enough fertility specialists to deal with the current demand of patients. So an average patient, depending on the geographic location, may be waiting anywhere from, you know, six to eight weeks all the way up to three to four, even six months. So um, what I always encourage patients, if this is something that's been on your mind, if it's something you're thinking about, it's always better to just go ahead and make the appointment because you're probably a ways out anyway. That's what I was curious about because I usually tell them, you know, to wait the year and, you know, have recommendations for them. But I was just curious, like also how long it takes for, for them to get to see you. So you definitely, thank you so much for that. Um, so what tips would you have for patients to improve their fertility? Because I'm pretty sure that they want to hear this. I love that. And so this is my one thing, if I could like shout this, you know, megaphone across the entire country, 
Um, because what happens is, you, you know, let's say you've been trying for a year. Maybe it took you a couple months to get in to see me. And now you're here. And the very first thing I'm going to be asking you about is lifestyle. So are you overweight, underweight? What's your caffeine intake? What's your alcohol intake? What's your nutrition like? High protein, low protein, high carb, low carb. What's your exercise, right, routine? And, and these sound super basic, but you would be surprised. I always tell people reproductive health is simply an extension of general health. If your general health is not good, that is going to further impact your reproductive health. So these are all things that are within your control. Your infertility, that's not within your control, right? That's where I come in. But all these other things we're going to be talking about, these are within your control. So if you can optimize these from day one, by the time you get in to see a fertility specialist six, nine, 12 months later, you're already going in in your best health. And so you know that whatever treatment you choose, those success rates are going to be optimized. So it seems really simple, but a mentor of mine, she always says the simple things are the hardest things to do. Um, and so when I talk about treatment, one of the arms, I, I talk about three arms of treatment, and that first arm is always lifestyle. And we cover exactly these things, you know, sleep, um, you know, a colleague of mine, she calls sleep the, the forgotten pillar of health, um, stress management. What is your stress like? Are you a night shift worker? Are you a firefighter exposed to toxins and, and you know, chemicals on the regular? Um, so these are all things that we're assessing during that initial consultation. But these are all things that couples or patients can be um, evaluating, assessing, and actively intervening in way before they ever see me. That is, that is you. You just, I say it all the time, even just with the general wellness, it affects a lot of different things. It's so amazing to hear that this also pertains yeah. to this. So guys, yeah, so when I, yes. <laughs> So when I talk about treatment, we talk about the three arms. So first arm is lifestyle, and we're going to kind of go down each aspect. And, and that's something that someone, you can just on a quick sheet of paper or back of a napkin, you know, just write it down. What could I be doing better? Am I really doing everything I can? The right. second thing we talk about is supplements. And this is where you're going to get a lot of differing opinions. There's really not one, you know, right combo for patients. Um, I will say we all agree on a prenatal vitamin that contains folic acid, so <laughs> I think we're all, all on board with that. But then as far as supplements go, um, in my particular case, I like to recommend vitamin D. Um, if the patient has irregular cycles, we may be talking about a supplement called inositol. Um, there's two of them, myo-inositol, d-chiro-inositol. Um, if there is diminished egg reserve, we may be talking about CoQ10 and DHEA. Um, if there's male factor, we may be adding in a male supplement. So, you know, it, it's tailored. Um, what I will say, if you're not working with a fertility specialist and you want to explore the supplement slash herb component, which I'm actually a big believer in, I think that if you're working with someone who knows what they're doing, herbal supplementation can be a great adjunct um, to what we're doing in my office. But it's definitely important to work with someone who knows what they're doing um, because the supplement industry, you know, and I'm sure you experience this in, in your area of primary care, the supplement industry is not regulated by the FDA. And so it's really um, variable depending on brand, depending on which supplement. So really important to be working with someone who knows what they're doing in that regard. And then the third would be the medical treatment, right? The, the actual treatment we would be doing in the fertility office. Now, before seeing me, again, as long as you're having regular cycles, there's no major risk factors. You could be using an ovulation predictor kit. 
So for example, most patients have monthly cycles, so 28 to 30 days, and you want to track that, right? You want to have a sense of, uh, and you don't need an app, you can just kind of mark it on the calendar, your cycle day one's a full flow. Um, what, what, where does that fall for you? So what is your cycle length? And then that'll help you predict your ovulation. And so for example, in a 28 day cycle, we know that ovulation is gonna be occurring around day 14. So we typically have patients start testing around day 10 or 12. So you'll get a couple days of negative and then eventually that will convert to a positive in urine. They're just urine strips. You can buy them at any big box store or local pharmacy. Um, and I don't have a particular recommendation one over the other, just make sure it's one that works for you. In terms of um, cycle length, I think one thing that's important is to understand that post ovulation is a fixed time frame of approximately two weeks. So the way we calculate out ovulation, let's say you have a 28 day cycle, so 28 minus 14, ovulation is gonna occur around day 14. You have a 32 day cycle, 32 minus 14 is 18. That means your ovulation is gonna be closer to day 18. So depending on cycle length, shorter or longer, your ovulation day is not always gonna be 14. So if you have, let's say, a regular 35-day cycle, and I have you test on day 10 or 12, you're always going to get a negative because your ovulation isn't happening until almost day 21. So it's really important to understand, get like a two to three month average of what your cycle length is, and then that'll help you know when to start testing with that predictor kit. I hope that wasn't too confusing. I hope that that was clear. And it was perfect. Thank you so much. So let's see. So I'm going to switch gears, actually. I always... Yeah. Um, I'm always curious about this. I always ask all the docs, why do you do what you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I will say initially, when I first went into this field, I went into it for the science. Um, I loved the idea that it was new, that it was cutting edge. Um, it wasn't stagnant. I had to constantly be learning and evolving. So I never wanted it to feel, um, you know, plateaued or routine. I always wanted to, to be sort of improving and learning. And, and it's really cool that the studies that are coming out now are impacting practice. Like that to me is super exciting. Um, so that's why I went into it. I think why I fell in love with it is the patients. And, you know, infertility, it's such a vulnerable, intimate time of a couple's life or of a patient's life. And they're seeing us I mean, we're, I always joke, I'm your best friend during that journey because you're in the office, you know, multiple times a month for appointments, monitoring, et cetera. Um, and I'm, I'm really there during a time that's extremely difficult. So the relationship, the bond, I mean, I have several patients who have eventually gone on to become friends. I have patients who now, seven, eight years later, I've been in practice almost a decade, they're still sending me, you know, cards with updates about their kiddos and just, you know, it's... It's really a unique relationship that I have not truly experienced in any other branch of medicine. That is so awesome. So guys, you have it. There you go. So so much, Dr. Squaldo. Um, I'm pretty sure they got a lot of nuggets. I sure did. So I hope so. Dr. Uday, thank you so much for having me. This is, a, like I said, this is a passion. I speak from the heart. And so hopefully your audience takes some good pearls away from today. Yeah, we, we can definitely tell. Now, where can people find you if they're looking for you? They want to know more about you. Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel called Dr. Carolina Sweldo. Every Monday, I'm dropping uh, new videos. They're short. They're only 10 minutes long, but they have these types of nuggets that we're talking about here and more. 
So all things related to reproductive health is what I cover in that channel. And then I'm also on social media. Um, I'm more active or most active on Instagram. Um, and it's linked to my professional page on you on uh, Facebook. All the same, Dr. Carolina Sweldo, easy to find. Um, and in, on my Instagram, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. So I'm doing, typically I'll do free monthly masterclasses or have on, you know, special guests or whatnot. So um, it's, a, it's a very active account for people who want to come in. If you're listening to this episode, I would love for you to come in and drop me a line on what you thought about today's episode or any additional questions you may have. Um, so guys, you heard it. And then what I'm going to do is I will include your information also with, um, Beautiful. so guys, thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Sualdo, thank you so much. You're and so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And then to round us out guys, um, if you're looking for a great primary care doc, um, we are accepting new patients at Apple Valley Family Medicine. Our phone number is 304-350-1087. And you can also find us online at www.applevalleyfamilymed.com. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget you're worth it. And your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week and have a great rest of your week.